The Holy Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's nothing that I love more than a good Midwest thunderstorm. The home that I grew up in, in the north woods of Minnesota, had windows from the floor to the ceiling on the southern exposure to better capture the winter sunlight and warm the home. But in the summer, those windows allowed for viewing the summer thunderstorms. There's so much power in the lightning and the thunder and the wind and the water. And as long as I am in a place where I feel safe, thunderstorms awe and impress me. But I've not always been in places where thunderstorms are awesome and impressive. Sometimes they're downright dangerous. One such time was when I was serving as a camp counselor at Sky Ranch in Fort Collins, Colorado. The camp itself is located at 9,200 feet of elevation. And one of the peaks that is near to camp is called Comanche Peak. Comanche Peak is over 12,000 feet of elevation. In northern Colorado, the tree line, the line above which trees cannot grow due to the climate, is about 11,000 feet. I was hiking on Comanche Peak with Jacob and some friends from out of state. And we made it to the peak and we were in awe of the view. You can see into Rocky Mountain National Park and into the Front Range of Colorado and the Great Plains, and even into Wyoming from up on Comanche Peak. And then 
As happens in the Rocky Mountains, a storm came up quickly. And then it started to thunder and lightning. And the lightning bolts, some of them struck the mountain. And we ran. We ran down the hill, over a thousand feet downward in elevation, but also nearly a half a mile to take cover in the trees. And I knew that on that day, if one of those lightning bolts struck close to where we were, we might not live through the storm. And I was afraid. Psalm 29, which we read this morning, depicts the Lord's presence like a thunderstorm. It's a call to praise, but not just because of the power of God in the storm, but because of the fear that it invokes. Psalm 29 depicts God as powerful even over the earth and the skies and the clouds and the seas. And did you notice in the psalm the phrase, the voice of the Lord repeats seven times. The voice of God, the voice of the Lord reveals God to us. Think of Genesis chapter 1 in which God speaks and the whole world comes into being. The voice of God is so powerful that what God speaks becomes reality. Storms and powerful weather events of all kinds and majestic sights of the natural world remind all people that there are forces outside of our control, powers that are bigger than ourselves. For some people, those powers, those forces bigger than themselves are simply natural. But for we who put our trust and our fear in God, those powers that are bigger than ourselves reveal God to us. The majesty of the Grand Canyon, the winds howling on a winter night, the lightning flashes in the midst of a summer storm, and even the silence of a bitter cold frost. These things call us, like Psalm 29 calls us, to give praise to the Creator. Now contrast this revelation of God's power and might in Psalm 29 that is brought to us through the voice of the Lord with a much smaller, quieter revelation of who God is from Mark. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. The heavenly voice announces Jesus as son, as beloved, as pleasing. And in this epiphany, there is no shaken earth, no thundering skies, no lightning strikes. 
there is a dove flying, cooing. This is the same God who hovered over the chaos of the waters before ordering the world. It is the same heavenly voice that speaks creation into being. This is the same voice that reveals God to us in storm and wind and shaking and terror. The God that we fear, the God we praise for creation and power is the God who walked among us. The second person of the Trinity went into the waters of baptism and the water and the voice revealed this man to us as the Son of God. And the presence of the Holy Spirit confirmed this revelation. The God that we worship is God over all, loud and soft, fearful and comforting, big and small. Sometimes the presence of God is impossible for us to miss. The miracle of healing, the overwhelm of the birth of a child, the majesty of the thunder and lightning. But sometimes God is revealed to us in the tiniest, quietest of places. Remember that the prophet Elijah looked for God in a mountain and in a storm, but finally found God in silence. These ordinary graces of life show us the maker as surely as the biggest and the loudest. This is why our two Lutheran sacraments, baptism and communion, bring us the promise of God's presence with the ordinariest of things, water, bread, and wine. And although the words we hear when we participate in these sacraments come through human vocal cords spoken by the pastor, they are surely the words of God to us. For as our catechism teaches us, it is not water alone that makes a baptism, but water and the word of God together. It is not bread nor juice that makes communion, but it is the bread and the juice along with the word of God promising salvation for you. Now it's all well and good that God is revealed to us in the biggest and the smallest, in the loudest and in the silence. But how in the world do these scriptures help us live today? We have come through a hard year we are in the midst of a pandemic, seeing again and again this week the highest numbers of death related to COVID. And on Wednesday, there was violence and even death in our nation's Capitol building. In the midst of what began as a protest, in the midst of an angry crowd, there were not only flags showing support of President Trump. There were also flags and banners with swastikas and anti-Semitic sayings. And there was at least one noose on display. And in that crowd, there were flags proclaiming Christian faith. There were crosses being carried and there were signs with Bible verses. The witness of the church has been damaged. Our task of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ has become more challenging. And I'm sad and I'm angry 
And I know that we have to face head on the fact that some of our siblings in Christ see their faith as intimately connected and perhaps even justifying such anger and violence. How, in the midst of all of this, can we proclaim another way? The way of God's peace, the way of welcome, the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the way of repentance and forgiveness and life with God. Today, I'm going to invite you into reflection and try to offer some words of comfort. But I think that in the future, we will have to carefully think together about what our public witness looks like in the light of the events that happened this week. But for now, I'm going to call your attention to those final verses of Psalm 29. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. The Lord reigns over the flood. Now, biblically, the waters and the flood represent the forces of chaos. These are the things that people believed were outside of God's control. Genesis 1 tells us that God brought control and order to the chaos of the primordial waters. Psalm 29 proclaims that God is over the storm and over the chaotic floods, that God is greater than any chaos that threatens to overwhelm or overtake us. And a beloved story of the church is Jesus walking on water and stilling the storm. Even the chaos and evil of the world is not outside of where God can be found. So not only does God reign over the waters and the floods, our gospel reading shows us God entering into the waters. God dives right into the chaos and violence and fear of the world. At his baptism, Jesus rises out of the literal water, only to complete his baptism by violent death in the midst of political turmoil. We proclaim that we are baptized into Jesus' death and resurrection. And because God reigns over and enters into the chaos and even violence of earthly life, we are never, ever, alone. The psalm ends with a blessing of peace. Peace in our hearts in the midst of chaos. Peace in our land. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, heal our divided land and our fearful hearts. Give us compassion for one another. Grant our elected leaders, wisdom and courage to face the difficult days ahead and to lead us into your blessing of peace. Amen.